Hi, this is Karen Broadhead, founder of Mothers Who Know and Family Life and Wellness Coach. And this is Breakfast with Karen. Our topic today is getting over awkward. How do you talk to your kids about sensitive topics? Welcome to our first of three series in our webinar series. I'm excited today because we're talking about some pretty important things. Also today, when you hear me present, I bet you'll hear me say things that maybe you're like, what is she talking about? Because I use terms like atmosphere angel and secret weapon and stay by the tree. And I'm so passionate about those things that even though you don't know everything about them, they might just come out of my mouth. And if you don't get it, it's okay. Just know that I want to be here as me and not be here as the, I'm the professional that knows everything that you need to know. Because I'm the mom, just like you, who lives in the trenches, just like you. I have five children. I have three adult children and two teenagers. And I have nine grandchildren. And there have been so many miraculous things that I have noticed over the years. And one of those things is through the great opportunity I've had to be working with Mothers who know, I have supported hundreds and hundreds of women and taught so many classes and did so many trainings and firesides and things like that about this topic. And today my intent is not to tell you, here's how you do it. My intent is to tell you that your formula and your ingredients at your house is different than at my house. And there's an overarching way to say things and talk about things and recommended ages to start doing that and the best way to do that. And I think those things are so valuable. So I want you to know that in our day, one of the things that women should do is educate themselves. President Nelson has taught us with more information, there's more inspiration. And as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I love the things that he's teaching us. But that is one thing that I think as a mom, with more information, there's more inspiration. And there is so, so many resources for us to, to go and see and look at online and in the library and at bookstores. And so many of us, I think, get stuck because our life is so busy and we already have so many things that we're trying to learn and put on our radar. So one thing I'd like to challenge you to do before I go on and forget to challenge you to do this, and it is set a goal for yourself that maybe one hour, one hour every week, you go out and research the topic of safety for children, how to protect your children how to talk about sensitive things because there are so many resources out there and they are, there's videos and recordings and people talking and that are professionals that are so experienced in this arena. And um, that's one of the things I love to do is to just say, Hey, when you're out and you're talking and you're wanting to do it better at your house, you'll have a lot more courage if you have more information. And the inspiration that you need that comes through the Holy Ghost will come to you, not because you know exactly what you're doing and exactly how to do it. It'll come to you because you've put something in your brain. And that's how the Holy Ghost works. He brings all things to our remembrance. 
And if we tell Heavenly Father, here's what, here's what I want. I just want to, I just want to do better and keep my kids safe. Can you, can you help me do this? So I just want you to know that we all are going to make mistakes and that that's okay. And some of the things I say today are going to maybe apply to you. And some of them you're going to think, I don't think that would work at my house. And that's okay because we all have to do things differently. And that's why I'm so thankful that we have our Heavenly Father as the all-knowing parent. So he can help us to parent his children in our home. So one of the things that the title of our thing, our topic today is Get Over Awkward. Years ago, I went to a presentation and one of the women had expressed how important it was to tell your children that this is going to be awkward. It's not supposed to feel like the best conversation and my face is going to look kind of weird and you're going to feel kind of weird and it's just going to be kind of a different kind of conversation but there's something that I know, and it is, I love you, and I want you to be safe. And there's lots of dangerous things in the world that you need to know about, and I am your very best, most safe resource. The things that you see that make you scared or concerned, the things that happen to you, that make you worried or afraid, that you don't know how to talk about, all of those things, those are things that I have a a responsibility to, to help you with those things. And so to me, it just really helped to follow this gal's advice. And so with my kids, I didn't do this with all of my kids. My older kids um, had it a lot worse than my younger kids. In fact, I interviewed all five of my kids before today to say, hey, what did I do right, and what didn't I do so right? What could I have done better, in your opinion, that would have helped you better? And, wow, it was so revealing to hear what they said, uh, what they shared with me, and I'll share with you some of those things that they said. But with my youngest two, who are now teenagers, and they're getting ready to, you know, they're driving and getting ready to go on missions to graduate, that kind of thing, but I said, um, I held their hand and stood up near them. And I said, do you see that line right there? And they, of course, were saying, no, what line? And I said, well, there's a line right there in front of us. And it's, it's an imaginary line. You can't see it, but it's really there. And I want to tell you the name of it. And so they're thinking, okay. And I said, the name of that line is awkward. And we're both just going to step over that line together because we're about to start something better, do something different. And so we held hands and I said, okay, step really high so we don't trip over the line. And we, it just broke the ice really for the conversation of, you know what? This is going to look awkward because we don't, as mothers, we don't feel super comfortable about the topics that we're afraid that our children, we're afraid can hurt our children, especially when they're connected to sexuality. It's really challenging because we're supposed to teach our children about sexuality and about their bodies and about 
uh, about all the dangers that are connected with making it so that our sexuality isn't healthy, but we're also, also supposed to teach them that they're not supposed to think about that or look at that or touch that or do that, right? And so it's super tricky because, well, on one hand, you're supposed to warn them and teach them and talk really openly. And on the other hand, you're supposed to teach them that they're not supposed to think and talk about that all the time. Okay, and so that second part of what I said, they're not supposed to think about that or talk about that all the time. That's the message that we send quite often. Just because we're awkward, they know it's awkward. And then we don't revisit the topic. So one of the most valuable things I have found as a mother that I can do is on my own personal calendar, make on my schedule blocked out time that I'm having a conversation with that child on this day. And it can be a whole conference. Like a, what is it called? What are those things called that you have with your family? A little meeting where everybody's talking about stuff. Consultation. Council. Okay, yeah. Anyway, it's called a council. So it can be something um, that's just as broad as safety and being respectful and empathetic to everybody in where they're at because everybody's going to make mistakes. And then it be, can be something as private as we need to have a private conversation, just you and I about some things, but having a one-on-one space with a child at least, at least once a month is a requirement in our day. And it needs to be revisited over and over and over again. Not that we're talking about the same thing again and again and repeating ourselves. All we're doing is checking in because this is our place where we share safe things because we don't allow body secrets. You know, we don't want to have any body secrets, things that are happening to your body that aren't safe or making you uncomfortable that you aren't talking about. We don't want to have, um, um, we've talked about pornography in our home and what our, what our process and our safety plan is for that pornography. Like if you see it, this is what we do. We, we shut it down. We come and tell mom and, um, and we follow our family plan for what we do when we, when we have media in our home that is inappropriate. So just that, that feeling that they know that it's coming and it's not, not coming. Because so many things that they look at or face or get involved in are so outside of what feels normal with their parents that if you are just asking them to come and talk to you when it happens, that's not going to work very good. We need to teach them what to do and how to come talk to us and that we're available when something happens or when they have questions. But if we don't say, it's just coming, then because if it, if we create places that are just coming, then they know, even though I don't have the courage to go tell mom or dad, I'm going to get asked the question and it's going to be in a really safe place. And when we ask the questions, they should sound like, you know what? Everybody's life is affected by pornography. Every single person 
is affected by pornography and everybody has a body that they have to learn to to take care of and to keep safe and to master. And so from the time they're little teeny uh, till the time they get really big, if they just know that they have some one-on-one time with you, or you're going to ask them things like, how's it going washing your hair? You're learning how to do that so good by yourself. And, um, you know, I've just noticed that you're just doing so much better at picking up this or taking care of that. And I love the way you're so helpful, you know. And then, you know what, we've talked about some things that make us uncomfortable, some things that that don't keep us safe, that mommy and daddy are really, really want to make sure that you know that we're your safe place, that we protect you from those things. Even if you see those things and those things happen to you, we're still your protecting place. We help you. We love you. And we want you to feel safe. I meet with lots of women and coach lots of women online. And one of the things that one woman said to me once that I thought was so touching, it just made me get emotional. Because after we talked and she told me all of the difficult things in her life, she was talking like, you know what? Anything that comes up, will just not even be a surprise anymore. That's how big it all is. You know, it's just so many things. We've got same-sex attraction, and we've got, you know, pornography addiction, and my husband and sons, and this and that. It was just lots of stuff, right? And, but she was so, like, tenacious and so positive, had a real warrior spirit about her. So I asked her, I need to ask you, um how you're doing that because that isn't the normal and then she said and she she said i have just ordered a laminate to go on my wall and she lived out of state and we were on a meeting that looks like this and so she said right up there my laminate is going to say this house this is a house of grace That's what her laminate was going to say. This is a house of grace, meaning whatever you run into, whatever you do, Heavenly Father's plan covers that. I'm under that plan. You're under that plan. We are all under that plan. And because um, this is a house of grace, we understand that Heavenly Father's plan allows and expects mistakes. He allows and expects us to have messy, messy times. And he has provided through his great plan of protection and happiness, a savior who championed the cause of his plan of keeping us free and able to continue to use our agency, even in places where we feel like we didn't use our agency right, or maybe we're stuck not being able to use our agency as well as we would like. This house is a house of grace. I think if that were the loudest message that I could stand on a mountain and yell, it would be that. It would be, it has a lot less to do with, I hope you say it right. I hope you do it right at your house. It has a lot less to do with that. And so much more to do with, 
some things that um, Sister Jones has said. She gave a talk called A Sin-Resistant Generation. If you went through that talk like I did and just said, if Sister Jones were just giving a talk about how parents could keep their children safe and talk to their children, and I were to bullet every one of the items in that talk about how she says to do that, it is so informative. It, it, it literally is a webinar about this very topic. Here's how you keep your children safe. Here, here's how you talk to your kids. Here's where your power is. And this is how you do it. So such a valuable resource. But she says uh, so many cool things in that talk about how we protect our kids and get over that line of awkward. And so much of it has to do with remembering our identity, teaching our kids their divine identity and about Heavenly Father's plan and that everything that happens to us in our life is covered under that plan. And at no time are you beyond the plan. And at no time is any of the dumb mothering things I've done that I'm not very proud of because I shamed my child for that or yelled and screamed about it instead of helped them know this is a house of grace. It doesn't matter because I'm covered under the plan. And both of us together me through my example, I have a, I have a responsibility to show my child I'm working under the plan. I'm working under the plan just like they are. And this is the first time I've ever been a parent having a conversation like this with you. It's the very first time I've done this and maybe I did it wrong. And it's okay for me to say, you know what, when when we had that whatever, when I caught you and your friend doing this thing in the closet, and you know how freaky I acted and how I scared everybody and and how everybody, you know, acted just like, okay, nobody could talk now and and then I just grounded it I grounded you and and I I was so upset. Remember that day? Well, I've learned that I did that wrong. I've learned I did that wrong. And it's because I didn't really understand who Jesus Christ is for me and for you. And that I have a responsibility as your parent to try to teach you how Christ will respond to your mistakes. Because if I teach you that when you do bad things, that then you should be afraid and hide, that you probably should never say that again or do that again, or if that ever happens again, even though I said, you be sure to tell me that. I created a space there because I did it wrong that sent a message in a place of, you know, that they'd never been before, that was maybe some trauma or I'm not really sure what this is, and connected it to this is not something that is okay or that my mom likes to talk about or that I can be safe finding help for. 
So I'm just going to share with you some of the personal experiences I've had, and I hope that you'll hear through some of the things that I share. I hope you'll hear with your spiritual ears where you're standing and what you can do at your house. So first of all, I want you to know I'm a woman who's worked in an arena of protecting families and supporting women because underneath our Mothers Who Know umbrella for years since 2014, I have run support groups for women all over the country that um, have a child in some kind of therapeutic need. And the most common one is addiction to pornography, masturbation, um, any kind of sexual self-mastery stuff, but lots of other things too. Because especially if you're a covenant-keeping family, those things are really tricky to navigate. And anyway, it's such a powerful place. But even though I work in this arena, I want you to know that just because you're super, super, super smart, like I said at the beginning, you should go educate yourself. Um, doesn't mean you're not going to have a mess at your house. It doesn't mean you're not going to have mistakes happen at your house. And it doesn't mean um, that you're going to do everything right and um, that you won't do some things wrong. Because we are all doing the best we can. And thank heavens, it's not about me. So before I share with you some of the things my children shared with me, because you're going to die when you hear this, I can't believe her children said that. Like she knows stuff. And her children said that. Okay? Because in my opinion or in my view, I thought I was covering that or I thought I was doing that pretty good. But what I realized is that each of my children is so different. That's why I needed more one-on-one connection where I could just really get in their space and they could feel my love, not my worry and my fear, but more my love about lots of topics in their life. And then come around and hit the important topics that are about safety and sexual health and about how to understand what we do when we make mistakes. And that it's all part of what we're, what we're here to do is make mistakes and learn to find the savior in those mistakes and how he can help us with that. So, um, one of the things I learned is that just like in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says the savior teaches us, I have come to give you life and to give it more abundantly. But then he also warns us about a thief, our adversary, our enemy, who seeks to destroy us and our families. But the thief cometh. The only reason he comes is to steal and to kill and to destroy. And something I've learned is what the adversary wants to steal from women is our identity. He wants us to not connect with how important we are, the gifts that we have that are divine from heaven, that we are like the sugar shakers. We're like the atmosphere angels. We're like God's secret weapon in the front lines of battle where wounds get really big and we see all that. And so of all people, he needs mothers to be more like him 
than any other person. Because our role is to support him in his great work to bring to pass the eternal life and immortality of us and our family. Like, that's his job. That's what he loves. And something that I thought, and it became apparent when I, when I read all of my children, especially my older children's response to, hey, what did I do wrong and right? That I, I needed to learn that if I couldn't be okay with who I was and have the confidence to show up in my purpose, even though I knew I'm doing this wrong. The evidence in my house says I'm doing this wrong because that child is dealing with that super hard, scary thing. And that child's dealing with that super hard, scary thing. I'm still trying to learn how to like my husband after all these years. I still don't know how to communicate well with him. You know, all these things that we deal with. Um, but I'm still supposed to feel really good and connected with my identity and have the confidence to show up in my purpose, which is to protect and teach and love and care for my family in a Christ-like way, to be available enough so that I can be um, in the spirit enough to like be at the tree like Lehi in his dream where he beckoned from the tree. So... What I thought is, I really thought it was my job to save everybody. I thought it was my job to save everyone, and that God expected that of me. That's why he'd given me the stewardship of these beautiful children in my home. So when everything started falling apart, I began to feel like, ah, this is my fault. I can't believe this horrible thing is happening at my house, and I want so badly to fix it to make it better, but I'm noticing it's to such a point that I feel powerless because maybe we're dealing with addictions. Maybe we're dealing with um, identity, things with our, you know, gender identity or same-sex attraction or sexting or, you know, things that you just feel like, how did we get there? How did we get there? Or our kids deciding that they don't want to come to church anymore. They, they don't, they don't want to do what we do and they can't really even describe why they just don't, you know, it's just so interesting, but I thought, okay, I have to just do everything I possibly can to make sure that everybody makes it home safe. It's my job. And the game changing moment for me was no, Karen, It's my work and my glory to bring to pass the success of you and your family. I am the Savior. There's only one Savior, and it's not you. There's only one enemy, and it's not your child. There's only one enemy, and it's not pornography. There's only one enemy, and it's not your husband. There's just one enemy. And he's the father of all lies. And anything that's getting in you and on you started with that enemy. But he's going to make you feel like you, Karen, are your worst enemy. So that you can't say, I I know who I am. I can show up confidently in my purpose and listen to the spirit and try to do this in the healthiest way I can with what I know. And so 
it was so um such a huge game changer for me to figure out what my role was. So my role is to do everything I possibly can to support God's work because it's his work to save my kids. It's his work to save my husband. It's his work to save me. And a mother who has power, if you're a mom with power, you know where your power lies. And it lies in you being connected with the Savior and knowing how to use your power in a way um, that inspires your children, like you're beckoning from the tree. You can't leave the tree and force people to go to trees. It doesn't work. Lehi taught us that. You have to say, hey, I'm trying to say this in the best way I know how, trying to live this in the best way I know how, and I'm trying to love that, that storm that you're in, in the best way that I know how. And because I'm by the tree, because I'm connected to the Savior trying to do this, I can be um, inspired and an angel, an atmosphere angel, supporting God's work so he could do with you and help you with the purpose he has in your storm. Because I see messages and miracles in storms. I don't see only fear in storms. Okay, so in mistakes, in lost battles that kids are making, I don't just see the fear and shame that I have because that's my child and I should have been able to, to protect them. Because we live in a war zone. Prophets have told us over and over again that the war zone here is even more intense than the war zone in the pre-existence. And for us to, to think that our kids can be in battle every day and never get a wound would be pretty dumb. It would be so dumb of us to think that. And so we have to know how to heal when. So this is some things that my kids said. So I have kids that range from like 31 years old to 17 years old. And this is about when you were younger, how could I have done better? How could I have done this different? This is some of the things they said. First, I'm going to tell you the things I did wrong. So this is all the things they said that I could have done better. You didn't continue to check in to see if I had questions about things. So this child said, you told me about things, but you didn't continue to check in one-on-one with me by myself to see if I had questions or wanted to talk about things. You didn't tell me how hard it was to not run into pornography. You didn't tell me how hard that was going to be to not run into pornography. You just told me to don't look at pornography. You should have taught me it's super hard not to run into pornography. So that was good. Okay, this one is about sex. Because I I gave them this question and it had all these categories. Right down to repentance and the atonement and all this stuff. Tell me everything that, anything you want to say in any of these things, what do you want to say? And... Oh, some of them were so funny. And to me, I'm like, my perspective was not that at all. This is one of my sons. I had no idea what sex was. I remember I I didn't know. 
and I thought it meant gender. That sex means you're a boy, or sex means you're a girl. That's what I thought sex meant. And and then he said, um, I never learned until I looked at porn. A woman gets pregnant. He said, I just thought that a woman gets pregnant because she sleeps in the same bed with a man. And I knew that sperm was involved, but I thought that they just had to roll around in it. So this is my my big son said, that's what I thought. And I didn't even know that's what that was till I saw pornography. And then he says this, um, I'm glad I asked what it was, what it was about, but I wish I had been, it had been a conversation. I learned in like the growth and maturation part of health class. I didn't know why I was ridiculously attracted to that part of a woman's body. I didn't know why I was, and I didn't know why it was beautiful and that it should be beautiful to me and not violent. Let's see. I have one. I have a child that says, I wish we would not have been allowed to watch anything but peachy movies. Um, and I wish we would have watched more movies with the spirit in them. So I would have a desire. I would have felt that spirit had a desire to go seek out more things like that. Uh, this one's about pornography and masturbation. I feel like I had heard the word, but no one told me uh, what it was. What I knew that what I'd heard the word pornography and masturbation, but nobody told me what either one was. Nobody told me that porn was naked people. Definitely didn't know what masturbation was. And uh, one other one said, I never even heard the word. When I stumbled across pornography, I was curious. I don't know anything. I didn't know anything. All I knew was that what I was doing was wrong. Because uh, I could feel that it was wrong. But I was so curious, and I didn't know what it was, that I couldn't stop looking at it. But when he first stopped, when he first saw it, it was, why are they doing that? Why is that happening? Um, is is this just some weird thing that people do? He didn't know that what that that was the you know a a lie, a false portrayal of this is what sex is. Amazing. So this is just shocking to me to hear all these things. Oh, here's one about Satan. Because one of the things I said, you know, did you know enough about your enemy, about Satan? One one says, I knew he was out to get me. I knew that. And I didn't, but I didn't know that the voices in my head, I didn't know about thoughts. I wish I would have been told that the thoughts in my head that were good thoughts, that were happy thoughts and about doing nice things were from God. And I wish I would have known that the voices in my head that were mean and thought of naughty things to do or thought things I shouldn't be thinking, that those were inspired by Satan. I wish I would have known that because I thought that was me. So here's one. I feel like kids and teenagers get barked at all the time about how sex and anything sexual is bad and to not even think about it and not even question it because you shouldn't be thinking about it. And she said, I feel like there needs to be a fine line 
at a younger age explaining to children the goodness of sexual intimacy in marriage. This is my adult daughter. She says, I know that that's tricky, uh, but we live in a culture that I think it causes a lot of problems in marriage um, because we have this covenant-keeping culture in our church that we are taught to never think about it, never do that, and then it becomes go, 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 you know, right before your honeymoon, go. From the time you walk through the temple to your car, you're supposed to just figure that out. One of the things that she, um, she, she said, it's never too early to ask, to, to start talking about things of this nature within reason. But it also, it's never too late to start. As awkward, as uncomfortable as it is, I've learned that Satan wants us to not talk about it. So he makes it super uncomfortable. But that should be an eye-opening feeling to us and make us want to talk about it because it's so important. The very fact that we feel so uncomfortable about talking about it especially in a world where the adversary has inspired such a filthy plague that's affecting all of our families and us of pornography. When we feel awkward or afraid or don't know how to do something, that should be a tip. This is something you have to talk about. Something Satan doesn't want you to talk about. So many things. So this is one showing unconditional love. Uh, this is something I thought was really, really um, cool from one of my sons. I honestly feel like if parents can show genuine, unconditional love, which means a lot more to me now than what I used to understand, that every young man struggling with anything could conquer it in a matter of weeks, maybe even days. And this is one of my sons that struggled for years. For when we can be open and honest with those around us, they see who we really are, and when those people show true unconditional love regardless of everything and anything that he, she, or I could do, they will absorb power, confidence, courage, and strength in such a large quantities that it defies comprehension. He's saying that if I knew that no matter what I do, that when I tell my parents or they find out about it, that I'm going to be loved unconditionally. Before he wrote that, he said, I feel like when I was younger, you had a problem with that, Mom. I don't feel like you loved me unconditionally. And uh, that hurt me because I thought he's right. I didn't because I was so afraid and I didn't want him to show the neighbors that we weren't doing it awesome at our house. I didn't want to feel like I was a bad parent. And um, so I would punish or shame or not accept um, like I should have. And then he went on to say, you are 
like 360 degrees different now. But he says, I think that that was really hard, that I didn't feel like I had unconditional love. And he's been learning about this unconditional love and now feels so excited to recognize that's the kind of dad I want to be because that's something I missed out on. And it was something I did from a place of fear. Just the overarching message that my children said I did right is that it was okay to come talk to me about anything. That's pretty much the overarching message. It was, I knew that it was okay to come and talk to you about anything. So one of the things I wanted to share too is, as our children are small, if we have ongoing conversations and then they, they know that those conversations are lots and often and that it just happens, like it's part of we go to the dentist. You know how we schedule the dentist every six months for our families or whatever? We schedule like one-on-one talks with our kids to just check in so that they can feel our spirit and know that I'm your safe place and I can help you in this place. So one of the coolest things I heard from a friend once was that um, one of her boys had just seen pornography and he was sitting on the chairs on the stairs moping. And she went up and asked him, "What what's wrong? And he said, wouldn't tell her. And so he was like under eight years old. And he said, I just saw naked people. Oh, you just saw pornography? Yeah, so come, come show me where, where were you, you know? So he described it. They went and walked into the room where that happened. And anyway, she knelt down in front of him and she said, guess what? You are just a little boy and you did exactly the right thing. You did exactly the right thing. Um, it's not your fault that you saw that. That's not your fault. We're, we're going to see that. And then she said, but it's my job to take care of that for you. So you know what? Because you told me, that's why you tell me, because now I can take that for you, that big worry, that thing you saw that you don't understand, um, that's kind of scary to you because I'm bigger than you. And I know how to hold on to that for you. I'll take care of that. You just go play because you're a little boy. I thought that was so beautiful. You know, she didn't freak out. She didn't shame him or get all upset or go get the big kids and say, hey, who, what the, what's going on here? And totally lose sight of this little guy who she's having this teaching moment with, you know. Um, Another beautiful thing that I have seen and heard of that I just love is... um, One of the ways that our family was protected is because a mother was protecting her children. We were watching her children as she went back to school because she was a single mother. She had little children and something happened at my house with my son that I had no idea he'd been exposed to pornography maybe three years ago and had been getting in the mode of a complete bondage to masturbation and pornography, and I had no clue that was going on. And something happened at our house, and she had told her daughters that 
they had a little sleeve pocket. It was pretend, and it was in their on their sleeve. Whether they were short or long sleeves, it was a sleeve pocket. And anything all day long, whether it was super fun things or really sad things or scary things, um, she had taught them, you just fold that up and you put that in your sleeve pocket. And then at, when we get back together, I'm going to ask you, do you have anything in your sleeve pocket that you wanted to share with me today? Anything that happened today, you know, that you've put in your pocket for me to remember? And um, that's something we can do now with texting. Like if we teach our kids, you know what, I'm your safe place. And it's so important for you to process through stuff, to speak stuff, not just keep it in you. But this little girl at my house, within five minutes of leaving my house, my dear friend whose family we were protecting and keeping safe because she was in such a trauma place. One of my children had hurt one of her children, uh, taken away their innocence. And um, if she hadn't told her mom that day, because she had a formula set up, and the formula was every day we check in to see what's in your sleeve pocket. And at home... And often she was teaching her children to have a vocabulary around emotions. She was teaching them emotional intelligence. Um, that there's not just sad and happy and mad. She had an emotions chart with all those funny faces on them. And she would have her kids. They would identify, you know, what they're feeling from that face. Oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling um, embarrassed feeling alone. I'm feeling, I'm feeling bored. You know, so her daughter knew what uncomfortable felt like. And that's all she said. Yeah, something happened to me today that was uncomfortable. What was it? So she described what happened. And um, she didn't even understand what happened. It was just something that she, she had no frame of reference for it at all. And Nothing happened to her, but she saw something that was, she didn't understand at all, right? And so for her mom to come back and tell me something happened at your house today, and this is what she said it looked like. And I knew exactly what that was, and she knew exactly what that was. And that started this whole healing for her family and my family. But had her daughter not been able to say that, imagine where that could have gone. Because it was the first time that my child had gone so far out of his value system like that. It was the very first time that it happened with him. So blessed that she had taught her child that. So teaching our children what uncomfortable feels like and talking to them about how to express their emotions and that negative emotions aren't bad emotions. Teaching them the proper names of body parts so that they can say, you know, something that makes sense to us. Because if they don't have words for what things are, they can't clearly communicate to us the severity of what's happening. So many children have been in unsafe places of being abused just because they didn't have the vocabulary 
of how to say vagina or penis. And their parents just thought they were talking their little cute language, whatever, about something going on over there. You know, if they can, if you teach them the right words, they can express where that happened, what was, what happened. So that's why words are important. It's a safety thing. And then just one more thing I wanted to share. So one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard that just broke me down in tears was this. So a mother, she had an impression from the spirit because that's the most important source we have for discovering things about our kids or communicating in the right way with our kids. And sometimes uh, we need to recognize that when we overreact or go to a fear or an anger or a punishment place, when people have made mistakes, that the spirit leaves directly. So sometimes the safest thing to say is, wow, that's it. Wow. That's the best response. Wow. And then if you have no idea how to handle that, and you're just feeling like you're going to explode in screaming because it's the thing you've tried to avoid forever, and there it is. It's right there in front of you. Wow. You know what? I'm so glad you said something, and I am going to have something to say about that that is really helpful. But right now, I just need a minute. Because I might not know how to say it all. I might not know how to educate them properly about that. I might not know. So just saying the word, wow, wow. And then moving on to a, a calm place where I love you and thank you. And mommy is crying because I want you to be safe and I love you so much. Whatever that looks like, right? And then you... Go get the spirit, go figure out, come back to that place and be authentic, but keep the spirit. But as soon as you start being afraid and shaming and blaming and getting angry, the spirit will leave. Uh, Another thing that um, mother did that I just adore, that was such a beautiful example of Christ-like love and care because as parents we are so we're so responsible for how our children are managing the things that they're learning as far as the gospel of Jesus Christ and who the savior is for them and how we apply the atonement of Jesus Christ not just on a repentance uh, level, but also how we know that Christ is there for us to help us, strengthen us, and make us more than we can be by ourselves, and that he loves us unconditionally and doesn't get mad at us and withdraw from us and doesn't feel ashamed of us or just the fact that Heavenly Father never wants us to feel like Satan wanted us to feel in the Garden of Eden when he said, See, you are naked. Quick, hide. He wants us to say to him, See, right away, see, I got stuff all over me. And I'm 
I'm just all uncovered in lots of scary ways. And I don't want to go hide, even though it feels like I should. But what I need is you. I need you, Christ. And he allows us, the Savior allows us the opportunity to do that. So this example of this mom, so great. She did such a beautiful thing. It was so cool. When she told it to me, I just got emotional and I asked her to tell it to me again and felt even more strongly about how special it was. So she said that she noticed a prompting from the Holy Ghost and that the Holy Ghost had told her that she needed to look at her son's phone. So she did. And as she was looking at his messaging she noticed that he was talking to his cute, really sweet, uh, nice little girlfriend in a way that kind of given gave her the hint that maybe they'd gone just a little too far, uh, maybe gone past a line they shouldn't have gone past when they were cuddling. And so she said that she was worried, but... Before she told her son and approached him with it, first she told him that she knew how much Heavenly Father was aware of him and how much Heavenly Father loved him and how much his Father in Heaven wanted him to succeed because through the Spirit, she had gotten a prompting to look at his phone. And in looking at his phone, this is what she found. And she told him that she was concerned. And he was mortified and emotional because he did not want to disappoint his good mom. And he was embarrassed. But then she did the most beautiful thing. Because when things like that happen, our tendency is to get afraid and to ask them why and what they were thinking. And and to maybe accuse them of doing even bigger things and scarier things. And is this all you did? This is the first time you did that. What have you done? All that kind of stuff. She said to him, it was as if she offered him this beautiful gift. This gift that said, now this is a really good place to be because this is a place where you get to claim the joy of repentance that the Savior offers us. Through his atonement, he made it possible for us to repent of our sins and to become clean before him. And the way we do that is we take advantage of the great gift of his atonement. And so she taught him that now it's a really cool time for you because now you get to learn for yourself how amazing that gift is. And that's exactly what it's for. It's not for you uh, to use later. Just, it's such a good thing that we caught this early and I'm so thankful that we did and it did get further. And now we just have to do what it takes to make it right. So they talked about repentance, but this gift that she offered him was like this beautiful gift. And she said, this is the most beautiful gift you'll ever get in your whole life. There's no other gift better than this gift. And the coolest thing about this gift is the value of it is in the unwrapping it and learning how to unwrap it. 
And the value of this gift comes from understanding that where this came from, there's so much more of this when you need it. And what the Savior wants you to learn about his gift is that it's here for you as many times as you need it. And that nothing you do will ever make you undeserving of this beautiful, most special gift. So it was as if she said, here is this beautiful gift. I don't know why I picture it that it's yellow, but, and it has all these ribbons and things all over it. And so she talked to him about how he could unwrap it, how he had to figure that out and do it in his way with the Savior. And that it was a great opportunity, and she was excited for him to learn this because it would be something that would need to bless the rest of his life. And so her son was so overwhelmed with her love that he actually emotionally asked her, why aren't you getting mad at me? Why aren't you getting mad at me? Why aren't you ashamed of me? I just feel so bad. And she just went more into the fact that this is what Christ does for us. He loves us. And I just wanted, she wanted to show him that's what that was like. And so he left to go get his girlfriend. And on the way back to his house, he told his girlfriend what his mom had discovered that they'd been messaging about. And she was so embarrassed and horrified that she stayed in the car. And as he went into the house, she said, is your friend? here and he said yes but she's so embarrassed she's not coming in and she's just bawling her eyes out and so his mom said well I really would like to talk to her do you think it'd be okay if I talk to her and he said well that would probably be okay but why don't you let me go out there first I'll I'll be out there in the car with her for a while, and then you come out separately. So it doesn't look like we're both going out there to, you know, bombard her or something. And so she waited and went out and tapped on the window of the door she was sitting up against. And when the girl turned to see who it was, Oh, can you imagine what she was thinking and what she must have been expecting? And the mother motioned to her to, please, could you get out of the car? And so she did, hesitantly, and she was just so embarrassed. And this mom just took her in her arms and held her, just embraced her for a long time. And... The sweet little girl, she just cried and thanked this mom for loving her. And it's kind of interesting to know that this little cutie wasn't uh, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That she, uh, she was a Christian, but she thanked this mom for loving her. And also was in this place of disbelief, like, what are you doing? And so then this mother held her at arm's length and said, I want you to look in my eyes. And she said, this is what love is. 
this is who Jesus Christ is for us. He loves us. And he helps us through things like this. And all we have to do now is make things better. And do the right thing. And then she took her in her arms again. And then her cute son came over and joined in the hug. And they were in this cute little group hug. All of them crying. Now, I don't know about you. But that was amazing to me. I just thought, that's incredible. And it just makes me think of a quote by Sister Joy Jones. I want to read to you really quick. She talks about, if we as women know how to love the Savior and know of his love and pay more attention to that than we do the pull of the world, that That will be so miraculous for us to learn to do that. So she says, if the love we feel for the Savior and what he did for us is greater than the energy we give to our weakness, self-doubts, and bad habits, then he will help us overcome the things which cause suffering in our lives. He saves us from ourselves. That's exactly what this mother was teaching these children. Let me reemphasize, and she says it in another way. If the pull of the world is stronger than the faith and trust we have in the Savior, then the pull of the world will prevail every time. If we choose to focus on our negative thoughts and doubt our worth instead of clinging to the Savior, it becomes more difficult to feel the impressions of the Holy Ghost. In Mom Power, we talk about Praying, writing, and reading every day. And doing things on purpose at a level that we're at, at a level that our life allows us. But not skipping those things because they're the things that keep us safely near the Savior. So that we can support his work with our family and those that we love. If we have the spirit. And so we can't let the pull of the world be more important to us than the pull of the faith and the trust that we have in the Savior and who he is for us, that he actually saves us from ourselves. Exactly what this beautiful mother taught. I'm so proud of her. I love her example. And I love how it inspires me to want to teach my loved ones like that to teach them that they are loved, that their worth and their performance are never connected, that they're only defined by God, and that what men think, what the world thinks, even what I think, is weaker than and less important than what God thinks of you and what he wants to do for you. So special. If you want to learn more tools that you can use with your family, please join our next Mom Power class at mompowertraining.com. If you have any concerns or issues in your home that you want more information or help on, check us out at lifechangingservices.org. Thanks.